Jerusalem. Good morning. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. That's a, that's a great verse of eternal perspective. And I point it out because we're going to need it today. As we, and we're going to come to it. We're going to focus on it, not at first, but about in the middle of the message. I want us to keep that sort of eternal perspective in mind. So uh, next Sunday, Sean is going to preach on if I, when it appears God is silent. Is that when God seems silent? God seems silent. I was close. Come on. Uh, then beginning in December, each Sunday we'll have Advent. We'll do a little Advent thing. Brian's going to lead us through that. And then we will have special series, Christmas series. And the focus there will be the reasons Jesus came into our world. So it'll be a little topical, which is a little different than, than normal at Bridges. We're usually going through a book, but here we'll sort of look at some different things throughout Scripture, talking about why did, why did Jesus come? So December would be a great time uh, for you to invite people you know who are interested or not in learning more about Jesus and what it means to be a Christian. Uh, you can begin on December 3rd. You can invite them to come to service, and then after service, we'll have lunch. You can offer the free food and the games. Will there be prizes, Brian, on that day? Prizes? I mean, wow. But today, uh, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, we're focusing on Thanksgiving. Not so much the American holiday. Thanksgiving is an American holiday. Just in case you don't know, I was surprised I didn't. They didn't have Thanksgiving in Thailand. It was a bummer. No turkey for me. Uh, but the, it, we're going to focus on the biblical command to give thanks, which is supposed to be what the holiday is about, right? The heart of Thanksgiving is not uh, the Dallas Cowboys, football, sorry mom, turkey, stuffing, that's not it. The heart of Thanksgiving is being thankful, and that's what I want us to focus on today, because the Bible over and over commands us to give thanks, specifically to give thanks to God. Here are our four verses, four examples, two from the Old Testament, two from the New. Oh, give thanks, First uh, Chronicles 16. Is this what we read this morning, Sean? Did you know? We, see? He didn't know, so we read this in our prayer time, and now, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. This command is found throughout the Old Testament eight times, just pretty much that same exact command. And in Psalm 100, we read, enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. And Paul writes to the Ephesians, give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And similarly, the apostle commands the Thessalonians to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, period. There can be no doubt that God desires for us to express genuine heartfelt thankfulness. And sometimes that's easy, right? When things are going well, when we're feeling His steadfast love, when we're entering His courts, when we're enjoying His presence in our lives, when our hopes and dreams are being fulfilled, 
when our prayers are being answered, when our family is healthy, when our marriage is solid and enjoyable, when our job is fulfilling and profitable, when our bills are paid and we have money in the bank. At those times and others, it's natural for those who believe in God to give thanks to God. But notice the New Testament verses say that we are to be giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are commanded to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, just so you know, I looked up the words always, everything, all circumstances in the Greek. I was actually looking for a loophole, you know. <laughs> Sometimes things, circumstances I didn't have to give thanks for, but as you probably guessed, I didn't find any. Always means always, everything means everything, and all circumstances mean all circumstances. We're commanded to thank God even when life isn't going as we had hoped, dreamed, planned, when we're feeling lonely, when our prayers are seemingly unanswered, when God seems silent. Next week, more on that. When you or your kids, or now for many of us, our grandkids are sick. When school is hard. When your marriage is in trouble, when your job is stressful, or, or maybe you don't even have a job, you're unemployed, when the bills are past due and the bank account is empty, when you're diagnosed with cancer, when our world is continually in upheaval and you don't know up from down anymore, in these and all circumstances, we are commanded to give thanks to God. And today I want to help us to understand and obey, and I, I pray even rejoice in this command. It's my hope and prayer that through God's Word revealed to our hearts that we'll grow in our ability to always give thanks to God for everything in all circumstances. That's the goal. And it's not an easy one. Because on our own, we have no hope of accomplishing it. But the Bible tells us we're not on our own. The Bible tells us that God is with us, and with God all things are possible. And that becomes clear as we look at our first point this morning, the prerequisite for thanksgiving. And I'm going to focus on thanksgiving, but this is really the prerequisite for so much of what the Bible calls us to. I once read through, I'm reading through the Old Testament, I just started, I thought I'd get a jump start I mean, I'm going to read through the whole Bible, but I thought I'd get a jump start because I usually get behind. So if I start now, January comes, I'm already a month ahead. Woo! But I started just reading and I have a, some notes and I'm just writing down everything it says, everything this teaches me about God, you know. And so uh, Genesis, I'm about in chapter 24 now and I've got three, four pages of stuff already written down. So but one time, and I tell you that because one time I read through the New Testament and just highlighted everything that I saw, command or anything, I go, uh, uh, people don't really do that. Nobody's doing that. Uh, I don't see that really very often. Things like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Things like, love your neighbor as yourself. And then, love your enemy, really. Uh, and this came up too. Be thankful in all circumstances. That was highlighted. So we need something. There's a prerequisite to it. What's required? What must happen in our lives before we can always give thanks? 
Now, in one sense, there's no prerequisite for giving thanks. Anyone can, and most people do, give thanks for the good things in their lives. Thank you for the raise. Thank you for the, the, the healthy checkup. The wife who loves me, the obedient child, whether people thank God, of the, the God of the Bible, some other God or spirit or their own good fortune, there is some sense of gratitude when positive things happen in our lives. When we were in Thailand, it was common for our Buddhist friends to go to the temple and give an offering thanking Buddha or their ancestors, other spirits, whenever something positive happened in their lives. I remember students, we worked a lot with students, I remember students going to the temple after getting good grades on their final exams. Giving thanks for blessings is a normal, even usual trait of humanity. But what about always giving thanks in and for the difficulties, the struggles, the trials in this life? Now that's something we don't see a lot of. That's not something my Buddhist friends did. And I'm not talking uh, about just saying words. Words are uh, cheap. I'm talking about, or really the Bible is talking about, actual, genuine, heartfelt thankfulness in all circumstances, in times of trouble. The word thanksgiving or giving thanks in the Greek includes not only the idea of expressing gratitude, but also feeling thankful. God commands us to feel thankful. How can he do that? How can he command us to have an emotion? Well, we'll get to that. He commands us to say, to act thankful uh, in all circumstances. And saying or acting thankful without genuine feelings of gratitude is actually uh, hypocrisy, right? Oh, I feel so thankful for this, but in in your heart, no. But to feel thankful in the midst of difficult, painful circumstances is, humanly speaking, I believe, impossible unless you meet the prerequisite. Now, you might think the prerequisite is simply having faith in Jesus Christ, that uh, that you must be a believer, a Christian first, and that's part of it. Ephesians 5.20, giving giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Clearly, this command is for believers. Those who've trusted in Jesus Christ, those who uh, have, have believed in Christ as their Savior and their Lord of their lives, those who have a relationship with God. Paul isn't commanding Buddhists or Muslims or Hindus or atheists to give thanks always. He's commanding this of Christians. If God is your Father, and Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then you must give thanks always for everything. But as you know, probably firsthand, believers, we, me, don't always obey this command. When things don't go our way, we can grumble and complain, get angry with the best of them, right? You should have seen me a few weeks ago, driving home from LAX, Stuck in traffic with a screaming baby who just wanted to get out of her car seat. I had compassion for her, but my ears did not. I was not thanking God in that circumstance. So what was I missing? 
What prerequisite had I failed to meet? Well, well, the answer, the prerequisite, is found, I believe, if we back up two verses, Ephesians 5, 18, and get the context for the command in verse 20. Paul writes, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Uh, Just side note, you can't do that unless you're filled with the Spirit as well. You can sing words, you can even sound really good, but you can't make melody to the Lord with your heart unless you're filled with the Spirit, as well as giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The context of giving thanks always for everything is to be filled with the Spirit. Or as the, uh, as the Greek indicates, to be being filled with the Spirit. The Bible teaches that when we come to Christ in faith, we are given as a guarantee, as a deposit, the Holy Spirit. He dwells in our lives. Therefore, we can be filled with the Spirit. But being filled with the Spirit is not a one-time thing that takes place at conversion. It's a continual process in the life of the believer. We don't have time this morning to discuss everything it means to be filled with the Spirit. That's a sermon of its own. But I think Andrew Murray, in his book, Absolute Surrender, gives us the idea. He writes, being filled with the Spirit is simply this, having my whole nature yielded to His power. When the whole soul is yielded to the Holy Spirit, God Himself will fill it. By grace, through faith, we are saved and we receive the Spirit of God. But then, to be filled with the Spirit on a daily basis, we must daily yield, submit, surrender ourselves to the Spirit's work in our lives. And it's when we're filled with the Spirit that we can then trust and thank God, even in the most difficult circumstances in our lives. So when you're having difficulty... (laughs) being thankful for a difficult person, a difficult problem in your life, it's a sign. It's a sign that you forgot. You know, you're forgetting about the Spirit that dwells within you. You haven't asked Him to fill you. You haven't yielded yourself to Him. You're holding on to that anger instead of releasing it to God. And so in those times, we must do our part. We must go to God in humble, submissive prayer, asking Him for forgiveness, for our disobedience to His command to always give thanks, and in submission, invite Him to fill us with His Spirit. Then in the power of His Spirit, we can trust and thank God even in times of great difficulty. Now the question then becomes, how does the Spirit enable us to always give thanks? Well, just so you know, he doesn't wave a magic wing or dove wing or whatever, spirit wands, magic wand over you and say, you're grateful, you're, you're a grateful person now. He uses what theologians call means. He uses means, he uses something to transform our hearts, to change the way we think and feel about life. Through God's Spirit, Through the word that he's inspired, he works in our lives, bringing conviction, instruction, and transformation to our hearts and minds. Put simply, he gives us, through the word, through 
it's ultimately foundationally the word. It might come through a sermon. It might come through your own reading. It might come through reading a, a Bible-saturated book. It might come through a friend who knows the word. But put simply, uh, the word of God taken in is meant to give us a different perspective. It's meant to change our hearts and minds. And that's what the Spirit uses. And that's our second point, the perspective of thanksgiving. As we, in submission to God, are being filled with the Spirit, through His Word, He opens our eyes and hearts to a new way, a true way of looking at reality, a a different perspective. Yes, we see the blessings of this life that we can and should be thankful for, health and jobs and marriage and family and children and grandchildren and friends and freedom and so much more, but We can't stop there. If we do, then we're just like everyone else. Everyone else who thanks God or someone or something or themselves for the blessings they receive. If we only thank God for the temporal blessings of this life, then we reveal our limited, even distorted perspective. We aren't seeing things as they truly are. If this Thursday, if it's your habit, your Thanksgiving tradition to go around the table and list the things, a thing you're thankful for, and you, you limit it to the temporal blessings of this life, then your perspective, how you see reality, is out of whack. It's lacking. God commands, and the Spirit empowers us to always thank Him for everything in all circumstances. This includes when we have trouble with our health and our job and our marriage and our children, our family, our friends, even our freedom. And again, it's not that God just wants us to verbally thank Him in times of difficulty to prove we can say words. He wants us to have a different perspective, a different attitude, a different understanding of reality, a correct understanding that impacts our emotions, and drives us to give thanks. Knowing that the temporal difficulties of this world, of our lives, are nothing compared to what God has done, is doing, and will do for us throughout all eternity to those who trust Him. The truth is that when we understand the nature of our existence in Christ, who we are in Christ when we grasp what it means to be a child of God, then our perspective on everything changes. God is not just saying, get me, be grateful to me no matter your circumstances. Thank me when your life, can I say sucks? Thank me when your life sucks. God is saying, Christian, if you are filled with the Spirit, if you have the right perspective, you'll know in your heart of hearts that your life in Christ never sucks. That your life in Christ transcends all earthly trouble. As Paul seeks to give the Corinthians a different perspective, he writes in chapter 4, 2 Corinthians, for this light momentary affliction, and he's talking about all the afflictions. He's not just, here's some light ones and here's some heavy ones. He's saying all the afflictions in this world are light. Is preparing you for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. 
For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. God wants us to have a different perspective, to see beyond the afflictions of this world and look to the eternal weight of glory, the glorious future God has for those who trust in Him, to see beyond the the seen things in this world and, and trust instead on the unseen things of the world to come. And that's hard, right? These seen things are seen, and these unseen things are unseen. And we need the Spirit of God to help us here. For us to always thank God for everything in all circumstances, we must not have a transient or temporal perspective, but an eternal one. We must have uh, eternity in our hearts. That's what we find throughout the Bible. It's what God's trying to give us. Verse after verse, story after story, parable after parable, designed to instill eternity in our hearts. To think beyond the, the here and now. To help us think beyond this temporal life on earth and think about our eternal life with God. And then, let me say, be clear, and then to take that and live here and now, because that's what we have to do. But this is not all there is. Let me give you a few examples where thanksgiving goes beyond the earthly and temporal and focuses on the heavenly and the eternal. In Psalm 118, the psalmist writes, Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, the righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The psalmist is thinking beyond the difficulties of this life. And he's rightly praying that God will open the heavenly gates. The heavenly gates that only the righteous will enter. And he thanks God who has made him righteous, who saved him. He thanks God who provides him with righteousness, that he might be saved and enter the gates of righteousness. If you can thank God for that, hello. Paul expresses a similar thing. Romans chapter 7, 24, 25. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. In this temporal world, we will experience our own wretchedness. Amen? But thanks be to God who through Jesus Christ has and is and will permanently deliver us from our wretchedness. As we face the difficulties and sufferings and pain of this world, often caused by our own wretchedness, we can thank God that they're temporal in nature. We can thank God that He will deliver us to an eternal life in His presence. To the Colossians, Paul writes, Give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Think beyond this life and give thanks to God that you've been saved, that you've been saved for a purpose, that you've been saved to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light, in the light of Christ. You've been saved to receive eternal joy in the presence of God. That's the perspective that transcends and enables us to thank God in the midst of pain suffering of this life. In Christ, we can handle and overcome uh, the momentary trials 
of this life, even in the darkest circumstances, if we trust in what God has promised for our future, we can give thanks for everything He gives, allows, causes that we perceive as negative in our lives. This may sound uh, trite, uh, but it's true. The next time you're in the midst of a difficult situation, struggling to thank God, pray not only for God to fill you with His Spirit, but also pause and remember, think about the love and grace and mercy of Jesus Christ who hung on the cross, who gave His life for you that you might experience an eternal weight of glory in God's presence. And then try to be ungrateful. It's been my experience that when I do that, I gain perspective. I'm no longer consumed by the difficulty I'm facing. I still have to deal with it. Don't get me wrong. It's still there. But instead, I'm consumed with gratitude for the one who has, who will save me from all the pain and struggles and sorrows of this life. Now, just to be clear, I'm not saying, and the Bible doesn't teach, that we go through life never experiencing sadness or sorrow. Never acknowledging the pain and suffering that we experience in this sinful world. I'm not saying we're to go through life with a silly, naive grin on our faces. That's not what Paul does. In the same passage that he says, Always give thanks to God the Father for everything. Just a few verses before, he acknowledges, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Paul's not naive about the world he lives in. He says the days are evil. He knew this firsthand. Like us, he wrestled with his own sin and he felt the sins of others when he was stoned and beaten with rods and imprisoned. He went without food and clothes and shelter. He was harassed almost every, in almost every city, never knowing when his life might be taken. And on top of everything, he suffered uh, some kind of chronic ailment, uh, a thorn in the flesh, he calls it, that God would not remove no matter how hard Paul prayed. And so when Paul gets to verse 20 of Ephesians 5, he's not in some dream world where all is easy and healthy and holy. He knows that this world is evil, that life can be difficult, and yet he's asking Christians, commanding us to trust in the Lord and to have an eternal perspective, to go beyond that moment and focus on the Lord. Have a perspective of thanksgiving, to always be thankful for everything in all circumstances. We see this perspective, or I'm going to share this perspective, maybe you've heard it before, uh, in the life of uh, Corrie ten Boom. She, like Paul and us and every person that's uh, lived on this world, lived in during evil days. She was a Dutch Christian woman who, along with her entire family, was arrested in 1944 for helping Jews escape capture by the Germans. Corey and her sister Betsy were taken to Ravensbrück concentration camp in Germany. They stayed in barracks number 28, which was infested with fleas. One night, they read 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstances. And Corey's sister Betsy said, God wants us to thank Him for the fleas. 
Corey said, no way. That's taking religion just a bit too far. I'm not going to thank God for these infernal fleas. After a while, the nightly Bible studies attracted more and more women. Corey started wondering, what if we get caught? She asked one of the women, why don't the Nazis ever come in and check on us? The woman said, it's because of the fleas. They won't come near the place for that reason. Corey replied, God, thank you for the fleas. Corey's sister, Betsy, uh, who died in that concentration camp, is a true example in this story. Even before understanding God's purpose, she was able to trust and thank Him in all circumstances. I think Betsy understood what James taught. He opens his epistle with these words, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, including fleas. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Rejoice in your trials because they test your faith. And as your faith is proven real to you, you become steadfast. Oh, I really, I really do have faith. I can step out. You become solid and grounded and secure in your relationship with Christ. Oh, I, that, 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 that trial came and, and I didn't fall away from Christ. My faith is real. It's genuine. And this over time makes you complete, lacking nothing, James says. God uses the trials and sufferings and sorrows of this world to transform our lives, to grow us into mature, productive followers of Jesus Christ. And given uh, that biblical perspective, we can thank God for our suffering. It's often our suffering that drives us to God. If life were perfect, many of us would forget just how much we need Jesus. As I look back on my life, I can see that it was during times of difficulty that I grew the most. Times of difficulty when my faith was tested and I could do nothing but run to God. It was and is in those difficult times that God proved His presence and I grew in faith. God works through the trials of this life. And this isn't looking at the world through rose-colored glasses. It's looking through the world through biblical glasses, through Romans 8.28 glasses. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. We can always thank God for everything in all circumstances because He is always working everything and every circumstance together for our good. But we have to believe that. We have to trust that. We don't know exactly what God is doing, but we can, in faith, always thank Him. This is the perspective and prayer of thanksgiving that we must have. This is the perspective that causes us to yield our life to God and be filled with His Spirit. And when we have that perspective, it should lead to proclamation. That's our third point, the proclamation of thanksgiving. Giving genuine thanks to God is not something we uh, only do in our heart. We, we should do it in our hearts and in our personal uh, quiet times, in our times with the Lord. We should devote time to thanking Him, giving thanks to God. However, should also be a public event. The psalmist thought so. Two examples. Psalm 105, we read, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, 
Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. And in Psalm 35, David writes, I will thank you in the great congregation. In the mighty throng, I will praise you. We are to give thanks to God. Make His deeds known among all peoples. And we're to thank Him in the great congregation, among the throngs of people. Why is it important to proclaim thanksgiving out loud in the presence of others? Why does God command us to always be thankful for everything in all circumstances? Like all of God's commands, there's a purpose behind it. And that's our final point this morning, the purpose of thanksgiving. And I'm speaking, we've talked a little bit about the purpose of thanksgiving before, but I want to speak specifically of the, the purpose of expressing thankfulness. Like Corey ten Boom, we, we might not always know the exact purpose for the difficulties in our life, but we can know the purpose for thanksgiving, and specifically the purpose for thanking God in times of trouble. First, expressing thanksgiving glorifies God. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4.15, For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. The grace extends to more and more people. As God's unmerited favor is proclaimed, received, experienced by the peoples of the earth, thanksgiving to God increases. Remember, uh, it's only the Christian that can thank God like this. And his thanksgiving should increase. People People see who he is. They see what he's done. They experience his grace in their lives. And he's glorified in their hearts through their words. And this is especially true when we think, when we thank him for the difficult times in our life. This shows that, that to us, God is bigger God is better. God is stronger than any pain that we can experience. It shows that His presence is greater than the presence of sorrow and suffering. It shows that His work in our life is worth the struggle and the hardship. Put simply, when we thank God for difficulties, it makes Him look great. It brings Him glory. So expressing thanksgiving, especially in difficult circumstances, glorifies God, and expressing thanksgiving is also good for people. When we proclaim thankfulness to God among the peoples, when we tell of God's mighty deeds, I believe that's one of the best ways for non-believers to come to know the Lord, and for believers to be encouraged in their relationship with God. When we're able, not, not in a glib way, but in a sincere way to thank God for the difficulties in our lives, acknowledging the pain, but thanking God for His presence in the midst of the pain, thanking God that He's at work in our trouble, I believe this is one of the greatest testimonies to who God is and how He can impact the lives of others. Proclaiming our thankfulness to God is a beautiful form of encouragement and evangelism. It's good for those who hear hear us being thankful to God. And at the same time, it's good for us. There's something within us that's helped, that's encouraged, that grows when we express genuine thanks. I came to understand the need for this in myself, and I believe it's, I believe it's us. I believe it's a human thing. When I was learning... Uh, 
low these many years ago, the Thai language. One of the first phrases I could say was, uh, kap kun kap, which means, anybody? Oh, we have some Thai speakers in, in our midst, which just means simply thank you. Or did you guess? I don't know. But the thing I found interesting was often, after I would say kap kun kap to a Thai person, I would follow it by saying very quietly to myself, uh, thank you. I didn't do this with any other word or phrase, just thank you. And what I think that shows is that there's something in us that needs to express gratitude. And since Thai was not my first language, saying kap kun kap didn't make me feel like I was being thankful. They may have felt like I was being thankful, but it didn't register in me. Even though I said the right Thai words, I didn't get any feeling from them. Now, eventually, after saying it many times, after becoming more, not fluent, but better at speaking Thai, I got the feeling even when I said the Thai words and I could drop the English. But my point is that God has created us to be thankful people and to express thankfulness. And that's certainly part of the reason, I believe, why he commands us to always give thanks. It's good for you because he knows that giving thanks is good and necessary for us. Psychologists even tell us that sincere gratitude, thanksgiving, is the healthiest of the human emotions. Hans Selye, who is considered the father of stress studies, has said that gratitude produces more positive emotional energy than any other attitude in life. The Apostle Paul, 2,000 years ago, put it this way, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Notice that Paul is talking about difficulties in life, uh, the things that cause you anxiety. And he says, the way to rid yourself Uh, not of the difficult things, but of the anxiety they produce, is not just praying. It's not just laying your burdens at God's feet. you got to do that. It's not supplication, asking God to take away your anxiety, to deal with the problems. That's good too. But also giving thanks to God. There's nothing, uh, there's something miraculous that God does in the heart of those who truly are grateful to Him. Those who have a right perspective and can thank Him in the midst of their difficulties. To those He grants ununderstandable, what does He call it? Uh, Surpassing all understanding. Circumstance transcending peace. Have you ever in the midst of some kind of difficulty in your life, something that the people around you know about, uh, had someone say to you, how can you be so calm? Well, the answer is, because I've taken this difficulty to God. I've laid my burdens at His feet, and I've given Him thanks in this circumstances for what He will do. And He's given me peace that passes all understanding. And isn't that what we all want to experience? Not only this thanksgiving, but but throughout our lives, throughout our entire lives, don't we want to transcend our circumstances and experience the peace of God? Don't we want to have the kind of trust in God that enables us to thank Him for uh, fleas? 
whatever your fleas happen to be. To always thank God for everything in all circumstances. And so today, 